Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord this morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Yeah, it's still morning. Good morning, Agape. Good morning, morning, Agape. Good morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. As we get ready to look into God's word, I'm going to have a question for you. And I'm trying to decide if I want to ask you first and let you think about it or just put you on the spot. So while I'm thinking about what do I want to do, Lord, what do you think I should do? I want to give some shout outs. One is to our pastor, Pastor James E. Churn Jr., our senior pastor. Thank the Lord for you and all that you do and how you and Lady D, we thank the Lord for you. Thank you so much, Lady D, for the music ministry today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Truly, you do listen to the Lord and thank the Lord for that. And I want to thank the Lord for all of the leadership today, starting with my husband, Evangelist Alfred M. Fagans Jr., and for our illustrious bishop. We thank the Lord for your presence today. And then for the leadership for our deacons, deacons, uh, Dixons three, and then Deacon Kane. We thank the Lord for you today. And then for our members at large, our sister Emily, we thank the Lord for you, Giovanna, for Jada, Zaina, and for Zori, Zuzu. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for each and every one of you being able to be under the sound of my voice this morning. And so I pray that the Lord has something that you can have as a takeaway. In fact, I know he does, but you got to listen for it. He has a word for you today. And so having said all of that and thanking the Lord for you and a ditto to the wonderful Dixon uh, dynasty, as we have called them, that they have established with legacy in tow. I want to raise a glass, raising a glass to your anniversary. Happy silver anniversary. Praise the Lord. All right. Here's my question. What are the characteristics of a father? Now, I'm not asking you to think about your dad and only say those things. Yes, do that. But what are the general characteristics of a father? And this time before you all start, I'm going to call on Jada Dixon, our recent college graduate because I'm sure that in her notes somewhere she has something about characteristics of a father. I'm 100% sure about it. So can you start us off, Jada? What are some characteristics that you want to list of a father? Put it in the chat because the baby is sleeping. Oh, put it in the chat then, Jada. Okay. Anybody else? Teacher. He's a teacher. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, a, a Provider. Leader. Sound leadership. Provider, a leader. Mm-hmm. A follower. Deacon, said, Deacon Kane said provider. I have that. Thank you, Deacon Kane. I wrote it down. Oh, okay. Uh, w- wisdom. Mm. He's wise. Okay. What else? Sister Jada said protector. Protector, yes. Anybody else? That's it. I I say he's fun. I would say he's fun. Fun. Oh yeah, dad. Dads in some ways are more fun than moms. (laughs) In some way, (laughs) they throw you up. They catch you. They play. They play rough. So they like (laughs) in the twenty first century. I mean, in the 20th century, where I uh, come from, he was a disciplinarian. I don't know. Oh, if yeah, 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 yeah. What did you say, Deacon Kane? I said, now it's mostly the mother that's a disciplinarian. Mm. You know, you can get by with dad sometime, but the mother. <laughs> How about this one? He was present. Yes. Mm, yes. Yes. I believe godly. That he was here. He was God. Mm-hmm. He's godly. Anybody else? Oh, you said he had godly characteristics. Yeah, he's got. Well, he's godly in showing and demonstrating and modeling 
got modeling godliness. I'll say it that way. Anybody else? Okay, well, I didn't hear oh, from I have past- one I have one more. A lecturer. <laughs> <laughs> a lecturer, my goodness. <laughs> Pastor Churn, did you have anything you wanted to add? A prayer. I have one. Oh, prayer. He prays over the family. He's a prayer. Praise. A giver. Mm. A visionary. A giver. Mm. Mm. A giver. Mm-hmm. That's true. God knows. Anything mm-hmm. else? A giver. A giver, yes. Give oh, that money, God. yes. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I, I could go to my father and um ask him, like, Dad, I'm short. Can I get money? And Dad would just give it up if he had. Like, he would give me a hard way, like, oh, I don't have it, G. Take my money, G. But he was always going in his pocket while he was talking. <laughs> With my mother, she would say, if I give it to you, what you gonna give me back? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I was like, five dollars. That's right. Five dollars. Right. <laughs> you always had to have extra when you borrow from my mother. But my dad would just give it up. He's in those pockets. <laughs> Anybody else? Kind hearted. What did you say, Eve? Kind hearted. Kind hearted. Kind hearted. An advocate. Mm-hmm. Especially with mom. He's also <laughs> Papa Bear. Somebody says supporter. Supporter. Nope. You said provider, constantly. but not supporter. Supporter. Yep. Did anyone say protector? Yes. Sister yeah. Jada said. Sister Jada said protector. He's also a counselor. Mm. Yes. Uh, a developer. Mm. What about example? I want to. I want to say strong, you know, mm-hmm. it's strength, physical, physical, physical strength. Mm-hmm. Example. What did you say? Example. And I said courageous, Pastor J. Mm, it's courageous. I like it. Anybody else? Anybody else? I would throw in creative. If you don't have what, that. You said creative, Pastor? Creative, yes. Wow. Anybody else? I don't want to leave anybody out if you have anything. I would say, no, is knowledgeable the same as wisdom? I would say, knowledgeable. Um, Knowledgeable, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay, knowledgeable. Uh, he go, he go one Avenger. <laughs> An adventurer. Okay. Avenger, Avenger. He'll get revenge for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said Papa Bear, but okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> Avenger. He's the Avenger. Okay. Anybody else? All right. So we all have, thank you. We all have. A, a view and an idea of what our um, idea of a father is. Now, is there anybody that disagrees with anything that was said? Because we all have fathers. We all, and in some way or capacity, they shape some of our opinions on what we wrote. And then even if it's, I wish my father were dot, 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 or my friend's father is dot, dot, dot. So we all have things that we have a picture of what a father is. One of the things that we didn't say that a father is, first and foremost, is he's a progenitor. In other words, did you know that there cannot be life without the man who is then called father? Did you know that the seed, the life, of any human being is within the father. And it isn't until that life connects with the egg of the woman that life is formed. But the life who you're gonna be in everything is in the father. 
So you want to protect that life, gentlemen. You want to protect if there's any unmarried guys that may hear this and may not be here under the sound of my voice, and I see that there is one, you want to protect that life that you're carrying around in you and not just drop it on anybody's door. Amen? You want to protect it, that you're creating the life God called you to protect. Hallelujah. And so the first thing that makes a father is the fact that he can create life. He can create that because God put it in him, in his seed, to create the life. So my question to you, after asking you what are the characteristics of a father is, I want to just ask you, what, I, I put it, I had Pastor, he wrote it in the, in your text this morning. Do you know, let me see who, who knows. Where God was first referred to as father in the Bible. I'm going to tell you if you don't, but I wanted you to be thinking about it. Where do you think God was first referred to as father in the Bible? I can tell by the by the crickets that the crickets can't interpret. Matthew so 6. Say again. Matthew chapter 6. Oh, Matthew 6. What does that say? Our father, our father who art in heaven. Okay, thank you for that, Lady D. That was a very nice attempt. Very nice. I want everyone to turn to Exodus chapter 4, verses 22 to 23. Exodus chapter 4, and I'll read it, verses 22 to 23. Exodus 4, verses 22 and 23. One more time. Exodus chapter 4. Verses 22 and through 23. Do we have it? Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. This is a, just an FYI. This is when God called Moses to go and let the, uh, to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let the people go, his people go. And in verse 20, this is the first time God was referred to as father. Now, I did not ask you what is the literal where they said the word father, but where he was referred to as father, where we start seeing him showing up as father. And it says in Exodus chapter four, starting at verse 22, ending at 23. Then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my what? Son. My firstborn son. That makes him a what? A father. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your, what? Firstborn son. Firstborn son. So we now know that Exodus chapter 4, verses 22 to 23, is where God is very, first, first, first comes on the scene as the word father. Now, I would have said he was father with, with Adam because he made him and so forth and on. He created him. But this is the first time in the Bible that he is, God is referring to himself or his children as his, his people. So what I'm gonna tell you is there was Adam, there was Abraham, there was Isaac, there was Jacob, there was Joseph, but God didn't, didn't refer to himself as these are my sons. He called Abraham his friend. He called Abraham his friend, but he knew that through Abraham, he would create a family and that family would be the sons of God. So he needed Abraham when he made Isaac, who made Jacob, who had all those kids with all those women, had a 12 tribe. They were his sons. They were his sons. And then because of disobedience, and then not because, it, well, sort of disobedience in the fact that the brothers did something to their baby brother Joseph that landed him in, Israel, in Egypt. However, once they were there, they were in captivity for many, 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 many years. And God said, enough is enough. They cried out. And we all know the story in Genesis of how they were mistreated by the Egyptians. And then God sent 
and raised up a son, Moses, to get set the people free. But that's when God called them his son. So what does that mean? Late uh, Deacon, what does that mean, Pastor G? I'm going to say that, okay, so we now know that God first referred to them. What is that? Because as you travel through the Bible, you will find that the characteristics of God are showing up all over the place. And so I'm going to ask you my next question, which is this We see that the Bible refers to his uh, chosen people, the Israelites, as sons. But how do you refer to God? We say our Father who art in heaven. We say Heavenly Father. We even say Abba. But how do you really refer to God on a daily basis and in your heart? Is he your Father? Yes, he's your Father. But do you view him as that or do you view him as a God? who's way up there that's worthy to be praised, my, my heavenly father, my king, my lord. Do we have, and I'm sorry, this not sorry, sorry, not sorry to say, do we have that kind of intimacy in our regard to God? I know we call him that, and I know we'll say that, but in your heart of hearts, do we really regard God as our father? And if we do, do we ascribe to him all the characteristics do, that we just talked about? Do we see it in our daily walk? Or do we say, God, you've been so merciful to me today. God, you've been so good to me today. Oh, and I just thank you and I praise you, Lord. Or do we look at him as our father? Because if he's our father, we need to be reminded of all the things that a father does. And I want you to be thinking about that because we're moving into the Father's Day season where we are celebrating our dads for all that they are to us, for all that they've done for us and how we feel about them. But I want you to remember God in the fatherhood. Some people might feel like, well, I don't have a father, so Father's Day doesn't really mean anything to me. But I want you to, and then others might think about, well, I had a father, he passed away, he's not, not available, so I don't sort of don't have a father, so I'm going to celebrate somebody else with their father. But did you know that as long as you're living, you have a father and it's Father God? And so if I were to put a title on this sermon, it would be one that you've heard before, but I would title this sermon that as well. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Do you look at God? as your daddy. And so when we see that God loved those Israelites and he calls them his firstborn son, he calls them the firstborn, with that comes responsibility. With that comes a birthright. With that comes a legacy. And we see it played out from Genesis all the way to Revelation where the Jews, the Israelites are getting first dibs on a lot of things and it seems that they have favor and I don't know about you but I've heard in my lifetime if you want to win a case get a Jewish lawyer I've heard in my lifetime if you want to be taken well cared of in the medical field get a Jewish doctor I've heard that I've even looked on Jewelers Row downtown Deacon Tamika and a lot of the uh, well established jewelers are Jewish I've looked around and I even see today, Bishop, that when we're riding along toward Abington and Jenkintown and uh, Roslyn, PA, especially in Jenkintown, um, while other churches are closing, I'm telling you that the uh, synagogues are looking very fabulous. The buildings mean something. It's all over the place. It seems that God is still giving Jews, his firstborn, a lot of favor. That does not mean we as his children, his adopted children grafted in with all rights there too, are, are um, how can I put it? It's not doesn't mean we're second best or anything. So we don't have to be like Joseph's family, brothers who were older <laughs> and didn't get didn't get what he got and he was the uh, close to the baby boy. Um, no. But what it means is I'm looking around and seeing God is still standing. 
God said he would be in the midst of his people. And his fatherly characteristics, they go on. If you look in Deuteronomy chapter 1, and I want somebody to look at Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 31. Moses started using God as a metaphor. And this is still in keeping with when he first identified with the Israelites being his firstborn son. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 31 Moses starts talking about God as father. He refers to him as father to them. Why father and not just a mighty God, one to be worshiped that was uh, voicing out of a bush, that spirit that came out of a bush? Because there's an intimacy with a father that's not the same as the feeling of there's a separation. When you have somebody that's over you, when you have someone that that's telling you what to do, that's your leader, that's your ruler, there is a little bit, there's a respect there that doesn't make you feel like you can go to them with anything. You can't joke with them. I think that Evangelist Fagan said one of the characteristics of a, a dad, uh, Lady D said it, is that he's fun. And there's something about when you think about the Lord as Lord that you don't necessarily think of him as fun. Am I right about it? Who has uh, Deuteronomy 131? I do. Deuteronomy 131 mm -hmm. says, and in the desert, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way, all the way you went until you reached this place. One of the things we didn't say that is a characteristic of God is that he carries us. Anybody here, can you relate? Think about in your own life when God picked you up. You know the famous poem of Footprints in the Sand where the, the writer says, I was walking in the sand and I saw two sets of, of footprints and a time came in my life where things were going really, really wrong and then I only saw one and I asked God, why did you leave me when things got rough? He said, it was then that I carried you. I want you to think about in physical terms. I remember when you can't reach something and your dad was present. He was there. Jehovah Shammah, he was there. And he, you asked him, you know, daddy, can you lift it? Sometimes he would lift you up and let you get it for yourself, enabling you. But he was your undergird. Anybody, can anybody relate to that? Where they were lifted up by their father. I remember a time when I was sick and I just, I don't remember all the ins and outs, but I had a very bad cold. And I remember I shared with you before that my parents must've been right at the door because as I was coughing and hacking, apparently choking and stuff um, with phlegm from in my throat or whatever, they grabbed me and stuck my head in the uh, toilet. But my dad was there. And he lifted me up. When you can't carry yourself, did you know that your daddy, Father God, is lifting you up? When you feel you can't go on, can you? I want you to travel with me in your mind's eye, in your own experiences about how God has shown himself to be your father. When you may not have called him father, you might have just called him mighty God, help me. God, help me. Because God, you have all the power. God, you have it all. But I want you to know that God is more than God, he's your father. And just like a father is an advocate, just like a father is a protector, God carries you when you can't carry yourself. Do Amen. you realize Amen. Do we realize it? Are we being reminded about it today? He carries us when we're going down the steps. And now that I've reached the age of arthritis and going up and down the steps feeling like I can't make it, do you know God carries me? God enables me to get it done, Deacon Cain. All the pain, he's holding us and he's carrying us and he's lifting us up. Young people, Giovanna, Bob, Jada, Zayna, God is carrying you through whatever it is that you're going through. Is it uncertainty about your future? Is it about the fact that you want things to happen and they don't feel like they're happening? Do you know God is carrying you? He's carrying you through all of those 
failed relationships, all of those misunderstandings, all of those confusions you have, all of that upsetment, all of that fear. God is carrying us. Amen. He's carrying Amen. us through our uncertainties. He's lifting us up. He's carrying us. What did he say? What did Moses say? And he used it again as a metaphor, but it's a true thing. He said, the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. And let me tell you something. When they were on their way to the wilderness, when they were on their way out of Egypt, it was a lot. Now, I always like my dear brother, <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille, for the way he demonstrated it in the Ten Commandments. But what I want to tell you is, I think of that and I have that picture of, it gives you an idea of what it must have been like for all those 400 people to walk through to a place that was raging with water and God moved it aside. And then to know that while you're trying to struggle with all your belongings and some that have been given to you by the Egyptians, you're struggling along like, like Cecil B. DeMille depicts it with all the animals and different things that you have as you're moving. Then to be heard, told that there's a herd of horses riding behind you, zoom, 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 zoom. I'm telling you, God had to carry them. I know that we always look at God used Moses to hold back the waters and he had a fire in the back and he had a pillar of fire leading them and nothing was going to, but the thing is in our humanness, when we are going through something, Agape, how many of us look beyond what we see as standards that God had put in place? How many of us do that because it's human nature to be moved by what you see? and be right. moved by what you're told. And when somebody else has the power over your house and tell you they're going to foreclose, that's what you move by. And it's very hard to call daddy and say, daddy, you need to carry me through this. Daddy. It's hard, mm -hmm. but it's not impossible because I stopped by to tell you today, ask yourself, who's your daddy? Is he your protector? Is he carrying you today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Deuteronomy 8 5. Somebody get that for me. Deuteronomy 8 5. Hallelujah. Ah. I have it. Start, start in okay, verse. Deacon. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Start at verse 4, please. Okay. All right. Um. Your clothes, Deuteronomy 8, verse 4 and 5, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. I believe somebody said that a father is a disciplinarian, amen? What is this scripture talking about? It's talking about, for your remembrance, when the, after God delivered the Israelites, his firstborn son, out of Egypt, they, as children do, rebelled against everything that they were supposed to do in worshiping him. And they were disbelieving that God was ever going to take them where he said he would. Can you imagine how offensive it is for, and you that are parents can relate, you that are, are teachers can relate, anybody that's cared for a younger child can relate. Can you imagine how it feels when you know what's best? You know, if you told your child you're going to do something or something's going to happen, and they don't believe you, so they go another way. How offensive it is to you inside. It's hurtful, but it's offensive because you've been raising them all this time and you haven't stayed them wrong. Well, that's what God did. And for 40, day, 40 years, they had to, his discipline was you will wander in the wilderness until all of you rebellious ones die off. And then and only then will your children go into the promised land. And so here we see where Moses is telling them, even though he disciplined you, your feet did not swell. He's a provider, y'all. 
your uh, clothes did not wear out. He's a provider, y'all. They didn't walk around naked and getting killed and getting all kind of disease because they weren't properly clothed. The weather did not affect them. The wild animals did not eat them all off, but they God protected them in the midst of disciplining them. And he said, know then in your heart that as a man disciplines him, his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. I want to stop by to tell you that the Israelites wasn't getting the whole father connection with God. They were not getting it. But I want to ask you, are you getting it in your life? Are you getting the father connection or are you likening God to how fathers are? Or are we likening fathers to to God how God is even if it's how fathers should be what God wanted them to be I want you to know that God paints a beautiful picture and one of the things you can remember is everything I want to hear you say everything everything Everything. that we are experiencing in life as far as how we breathe how our bodies work how the air works how nature works, how birds, how bees pollinate flowers and and fly to another one that there can be more flowers. How everything works is a physical illustration of who God is and how he works. God is seen through nature. More than ever, Doc Romans, I understand where God says that no, everybody, nobody is with excuse. You are without excuse. I'm trying to say two things at once. You're without excuse if you say you did not know there was a God because everything that's going on is for you and for us to know how he works and who he is and wants to be in our life. He loved these Israelites. He loved them. And it looks like he was an angry God. And I'm not saying that he was not an angry God, but more than that, on the intimate level, he was a father disciplining his son because as I think Deacon Dixon said he was a visionary he had a vision y'all and it was to take them out of Egypt to the promised land did you know that God has a vision for each and every one of you did you know that every experience you're going through he's carrying you through it did you know that he's your father he's your Abba he's your daddy who's your daddy God's your daddy and from this day on I'm asking you in the morning when you say good morning Lord he's Lord of your life I want you to encourage if you're already doing it amen if you're not incorporated good morning daddy Please show me how you're my daddy today. Show me how you're carrying me. If you know you're going through a rough spot, show me, Lord God. Lord God, you are here. You're present. Show me your presence. We pray for Giovanna that God would manifest his presence to her. We pray that because he's her daddy, y'all. And he's your daddy. He's my daddy. Is he your daddy today, Agape? Hallelujah. I can't hear you. Hallelujah. Are you thinking about it? Okay, we want to look in Isaiah 63 that talks a little bit. Did you, first of all, the characteristics of God are identified in every book of the Bible, but I, Tom, would not permit me to take you through each and every one. So we're going to go with my, one of my favorite uh, prophets, Isa. My nickname for him is Isa but you might know him as Isaiah. So please turn to Isaiah chapter 63. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're going to start, we're going to talk about some of the characteristics of God in Isaiah 63. So I'm going to ask Bishop, if you're able, can you read verse seven for me? Sorry, Pastor G, I don't have the scripture in front of me. Oh, that's okay, Bishop. I'm making a note on my list that you didn't have it. Can someone please uh, rescue Bishop Deacon King? Yes. Help your mother. Oh, always. (laughs) I will tell of the kindness of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, 
the many good things he has done for Israel according to his com compassion and many kindnesses. Characteristics of God, he's compassionate and he is kind. And do you notice where it says, has he has done for Israel? You can put your name in there because Israel was his who? Firstborn son. It was his child, y'all. And we are his children. Israel just happens to be the firstborn of a long line of children of which we are members. Amen. And it Amen. says that God is compassionate and he's kind. Did you know that a compassionate comes from a word comp compi, which means to suffer with. It's not just a feeling of a deep feeling of, oh, identification. Like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. Compassion is sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortune of others. That's the definition that Dr. Google gives. But compi means to suffer with. It means that if someone else's heart is broken, your heart is broken. So that if I am compying <laughs> with, okay, Deacon Tamika, I'm happy. I'm super happy on June 5th. Why? Because I am relating to the fact that there's joy in her life over celebrating 25 years of marriage. If I am copying with Deacon Kane, I'm sad because and concerned because my son it hadn't been doing well. We didn't know how things were going to go with him, but to feel it, not just to feel about it. Oh, Poor Deacon Kane. Oh, let's pray for Deacon Kane. Oh. By the way, Deacon Kane, God is very pleased with your response to all of that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Compassion. God is sympath has sympathetic pity and concern, but more than that, it got back. He is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Not just, but he's crying when you're crying. You know, I always wondered about that scripture where the Bible says that God stores our tears in a vial. Do you know those tears are mingled with his tears? Hmm. Do you know that? Drop. Everyone, hallelujah. And it looks like he could care less. It feels like he could care less, but God, it says right here in Isaiah 63, that he is full of compassion and kindnesses toward us. We can relate to his kindness when good things are happening for us, amen? But when we are feeling lost, that is when we don't feel like he is full of compassion. I'm reminded of a, of a song, it says, does Jesus care when my heart is pain too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. Hallelujah. Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does the care, does he care enough to be near? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart agape is touched with my grief. As the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. Jesus cares. Amen. He's full Amen. of compassion. What is that thing that you're going through? Did you know that God cares? He cares deeply. He's compassionate about it. He feels what you're feeling. When you're crying, he's holding those tears in a vial. He doesn't have them up above his head. He's feeling what you're feeling because he cares. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at verse 10. Can someone read for me? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Verse 9 first and then verse 10. Of, of Isaiah 63. We are in Isaiah 63. In all their distress, he too was distressed. 
and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Keep going. Yes, please. Verse 10. Yet <laughs> they rebelled <laughs> and grieved his Holy Spirit. Mm. So he turned and became their enemy. Mm. And he himself fought against them. Jesus have mercy. Now, what do we mean by that? I just told you how God loves us. <laughs> I just told you how our Heavenly Father carries us. Our Heavenly Father does all of these things for us. Amen. Amen. Well, let's start at verse nine and unpack verse 10. In all their distresses, he was too, he too was distressed. What we just talked about, about his compassion in grief. He feels what we feel. And we just saw where he lived. We already talked about how he lifts us and carries them all the days of old. Didn't we just talk about that? This is just confirmation of another scripture of how he carries us. And I want you to get that. I want you to envision that when you're laying on your bed, feeling like, there's no hope. I want you to remember he's carrying you. No matter what your worry or fear is, he's carrying you through it. Do you think he's just carrying you and not saying anything like you get into a Uber? Do you think? No. He's talking to you and he's feeling your pain and he's comforting you. But even in all of that, the Israelites mm, rebel. I'm going to suggest and recommend, even though it's no Bible for it, that it was because they were looking with the naked eye at their circumstances and didn't want what God had because they couldn't see, touch, and taste him. I'm just going to say, I think that. You may have another opinion, and that's fine, because it's not a Bible verse that says they rebelled because, or they and they said, but they rebelled against everything God was doing. We are looking at the perspective of our daddy today, y'all. Who's your daddy? And these people, these firstborn Israelites, our brothers and sisters, they rebelled. And so God had to do what you do, Deacon Dixon. He had to have tough love. You want to know what is verse 10? That's called tough mm -hmm. love, y'all. Mm -hmm. He turned and became, it seemed as if he became their enemy because he had to whip them into shape. They got a spanking, y'all. And trust me, you don't want a spanking from your daddy. Amen? Nope, nope. Amen. 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 When I was growing up, my mother told us later that my father stopped spanking us girls when we got a little bit older and started uh, developing our womanly figures because he knew he was heavy-handed and he might hurt us because that's the strength of a man. And here, God had to give them a spanking, and it wasn't a pleasant one. But he loved them even in that. Amen? And if we go on to verse 14, who can read verse 14 of that same exact chapter? Like cattle that go down to the plain, they were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how you guided your people to make for yourself a glorious name. Hallelujah. So after the spanking, what did he do? He provided rest and guidance. A good disciplinarian doesn't just, quote unquote, discipline you physically, give you the rod, but a good disciplinarian then gives you love, rest and guidance to let you know that was wrong and you had to suffer a consequence, but this is where we're going with this. Amen. God is a father who demonstrates all the father characteristics and he wants to be that in your life today because he is. And so many times we ignore him and so many times we rebel against him and so many times we want to do things our way. But again, as our daddy, he provides guidance and rest. What's in verse 15? It says, look down from heaven and see from your lofty throne, holy and glorious. Where are your zeal and your might? Your tenderness and compassion are withheld from us. 
And so what was happening right here, we're looking at the response of the rebellious firstborns. We're looking at their response because now they know that God was tender and compassionate and they're not seeing it. And they're calling on, oh, daddy, please come look down and where is it? We don't feel it. We don't feel it. We don't feel it. And then finally in verse 16, they come up with a revelation. What's in verse 16? But you are, but you are our father. Amen. Uh -huh. Does not know, though Abraham does not know us, of it, our Israel acknowledge us. You, Lord, are our father, our redeemer from of old is your name. Uh-huh. So now we see that after they turned away from the Lord, after they turned away from the great and mighty God, now they're calling on him on an intimate level. Agape, do we have to go there? Oh, God, I'm your child. Don't forget about me. You're my father. And you know what his response would have been if, it, if I were involved? I've been telling you that from the beginning. I've been telling you. Thank God that God is God and Pastor G is Pastor G. Amen. Mm -hmm. Let's look at Psalm. <laughs> Let's look at Psalm 103.13. Psalm 103.13. What does it say? Anybody? Psalm 103, verse 13. Yeah, I read it. Um... Please read it. Uh, like okay, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. You want to read Hallelujah. it in the other Hallelujah. version? Oh yes, you can. Thank All you. Right, NIV is uh thirteen says, uh, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Hallelujah. The Lord has compassion. The word today is compassion, Agape. God is feeling what we're what we're going through. He has many characteristics, but like again, we keep they keep likening it to how a father is because God is demonstrating how he looks at us, how he views us as his children, and he uses the whole scenario of a father with his children. Who's your daddy? God is your daddy. Do you look at God as your daddy? Is that how he is in your heart? You know, there's going to have to be a mighty, for some of us, a mighty transition. It's going to have to be a paradigm shift because we were always raised to believe that when it thunders and lightnings, God is, is talking. When it's thundering and lightning and you have to turn everything off and get quiet. You were told, do not question God. He doesn't like that, that's sin. You just, just be obedient, whatever he says. Everything in the Bible, you just have to obey the Bible and no questions asked. And now we're having a paradigm shift where God is saying, I have compassion on you. I know what you're going through. I'm not judging you. I don't care what choices you made that were wrong, what decisions you made, what decisions you're going to make. I want you to come to me for guidance. I want you to come to me. But if and you don't, I'm still going to carry you. I'm still going to have compassion. I'm still going to be with you when the consequences, natural consequences fall. I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm not going to have my door closed on you that you can't come to me and say, Lord, forgive me. They are calling on God, their father in Isaiah 63. They are saying, we're your children, Lord God. We recognize who we are. We are calling on you directly as our father because God is our father and what i love about god being our father agape and i can go on and on with this message is the fact that the one that sticks out to me is he's there he's here he's always with us he's in our very room all the time and how do we respond knowing that our father is always with us one thing about our physical father we can kiss him hello we can kiss him goodbye but there's a point of separation where he goes to work or wherever he goes and you go where you go and then you come back together and meet yes our electronic devices help us to stay in touch during the course of the day but they're not physically present with us but i stopped by to tell you that god is always physically present with us no matter where we go no matter what we do because god is our father god is our daddy who's your daddy 
God is your daddy. And it says in 1 Corinthians 8, 6, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things come, and from him we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through him all things come, and through him we live. Who's your daddy? God's your daddy. And did you know that God loved us so much and he saw that we were so falling away from him that in John 3, 16, which he wants us to know and believe that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Don't forget in the Old Testament, that was his firstborn son. They fell away from the things of the Lord. They fell away. They didn't want to believe, but God gave us another chance in the New Testament. He found out that we are just a sinful, rebellious, people stiff neck don't want to do right no matter how and never will as a group so what did he do he gave his one and only son that if we his children that he has called from before the annals of time because again he had vision y'all and he saw us at the beginning of time that we are his children and he sent jesus to die that all we have to do is believe on him and have everlasting life. And one day we will be in the presence of God. Right now he's in our presence. Right now he's all around us. But one day he's going to call us home and we'll be in his presence. And we'll be able not only to bow down before him and call him Lord, not only be able to bow down before him and call him God, but one day we're going to be able to bow down before him and say, I'm home, daddy. I'm home. Hallelujah. I'm at your house now. Hallelujah. We give you the praise, glory, and honor, Lord God, at who you are. And thank you for what you did today, Daddy. Thank you, Lord. I pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice that, Lord God, we would really do our paradigm shifts knowing that you're our daddy first and foremost and being able to get to know you as a father. All those characteristics were not covered today, Lord God, but I thank you for what you did give us, that you're our protector, that you're our friend. And Lord, you yes, do yes, have yes. a sense of humor. And if we dig deep, we can think of experiences where you got in on the joke because I know I personally can, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that every characteristic we listed and then some, you are. You're our protector. You're our friend. You're our disciplinarian. You're our visionary, Lord God. You are God, and beside you, there's none other. You are our giver. You're forgiving. You're long-suffering. Oh, God, you know, Father God, when we think about the characteristics of God, we never think about it, some of us, never think about it as far as the characteristics of you as Father. We think about it as the characteristics of you as God. But Father God, you're our supporter. You're our counselor, Lord God. You're our developer. Yes, you're yes, developing yes, us. Yes. You have plans for us, Lord Thank God. You, Lord Lord Thank God, you, Lord. you are strong and mighty. You're the example that we can follow. Lord God, when we read your word and when we hear the preach word, you're our lecturer, Lord God. You're courageous, Lord God, because if God be for us, who can stand against us? Lord God, we Hallelujah, hallelujah. Creativity that you put in us for this art, Lord God. That we look at the landscape and all the flowers and how they're all laid out, Lord God. Oh, thank you for your creativity today, Lord God. Thank you for being kind hearted, Lord. Thank you for blessing us, for carrying us. Thank you, Lord. Yes, for yes, us, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, us. Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you yes, had Lord. let Jesus pray for us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. Lord, thank you that you shed it abroad in us. Lord, and that everything you have, you have put in us. Hallelujah. 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 Help us, Lord, to be excellent in carrying forth what you've given us and sharing it with others. We give you the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen